0: Carnivorous Couch, it happens once a week, it swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep, it forces us to watch a film about which we then speak, Carnivorous Couch, with Brady and Rob.
1: Right, 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 everybody. This is the Carnivorous Couch podcast, where we do a <laughs> we do a we do a film a week from two film geeks. It's for a full podcast. Where uh <laughs> this week we did MUB with uh
0: McConnell, huh?
1: Yeah, and
2: Ma- Matthew, man, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm super happy for you, man. They did one of my films earlier. I thought it was a good cast, man. I hope
3: yours is a good one too.
1: Uh, so today we got. <laughs> Alright, alright, alright. We got Grandy.
4: Hey.
1: Yeah, we got uh, Brady Larson. Brady Larson. He was doing uh he was doing uh, John Travolta oh, there.
2: For man, I, I'd love to stick around, but I gotta be somewhere.
1: And uh me, Rob, <laughs> uh, the normal the normal kind of cast group going. Uh we'd oh, saw uh, mud, so uh, let's get into it with a plot synopsis. Yeah. Uh this opens a shot of a kid's bedroom. Uh, with two little pistols hanging up on uh, over the bed. But they're like, you know, cap gun pistols. And um you know this kid sneaks out of the house, notices his parents arguing, but uh, he's sneaking out, goes and meets his friend neckbone, they go find this boat in a tree, a treehouse made for a man boy thing. And uh they're like, We gotta get that boat. Nobody's got that boat. We found it. We're gonna we're gonna get it and we're gonna put it in the water and have a motherfucking boat (laughs) and it's gonna be awesome because we're you know 15 14 or something like that
3: yeah they've already got their little you know little speedy boat whatever with the outboard motor oh yeah
1: yeah they got their little fishing boat but uh they're really interested in having that cool big ass boat all themselves they can drive around do whatever they want um so anyway then they meet this guy named mud who's been living in that boat up in the tree and uh he's like uh (laughs) no you can't have that boat because it's mine because uh Right, 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 right. Ownership is ninety percent of the law. That was kind of a grandy mixed with McConaughey. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so he makes a deal with them that he'll give him, uh, he'll give him uh, his gun if they uh, get that boat in the water. Um, then uh, a craziness ensues. He asks them to bring them bring him food, and bring him a bunch of stuff to kind of get the boat going. And uh, it turns out what he's trying to do is get the boat in the water and reunite with his uh, sweetie pie who he's known for many, many years, and she keeps getting involved with rough characters, and he's actually killed one of those rough characters. And uh, basically, uh, he can't go out, so he needs the boys to do it for him so that it can get all the shit they need in order to fucking get free and get down the river. And Brady take over from there, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, so basically, what it is, because he killed the man who was abusing, you know, the longtime on again, off again love of his life, uh, Mud did, and because the roads are all going to be patrolled and everyone's looking for him as a wanted fugitive, the only means of escape is to get a boat and get to the Gulf of Mexico, because this takes place in uh, Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas, and so, yeah, McConaughey says, okay, like. I can't give you guys the boat, but if you all help me, uh, I'll give Neckbone this gun. Now, we soon find out Ellis has his own special reasons for doing this, uh, in that his parents are getting divorced. And, you know, we find out that not only are they going to get divorced, but as a result of the divorce, which the mother wants, not the father, uh, and the father very much blames the mom for initiating it, and uh, Mud, or not Mud, Ellis kind of takes his side on this. Uh, if they get divorced because the property, their riverboat, they, they live on a houseboat on the river. And so since it's in the wife's name, if they get divorced, the government, the local state government, will be able to come in and just rip their house completely apart. That entire way of living on the river will go away, and they'll have to move into town. You know, Ellis says, I ain't no townie. So, you know, he wants to keep living this idyllic river life. And so his reason for wanting to help Mud is... When he hears that Maud is trying to reconnect with his sweetheart, it's kind of this very idealistic uh, story of love to Ellis. It's, you know, we're going to thwart the authorities, we're going to fly in the face of society that's trying to tear these two apart, and we're going to, you know, I'm going to help love uh, win the day, help these lovers get back together. And it's kind of a way for him to almost uh, vicariously save his own parents' marriage, or to at least come to hold on to his uh, very naive, idealistic views of love as an uncomplicated thing.
1: And then what happens?
3: Then what happens is, you know, we get a little montage because basically they have a checklist and like, okay, we need to get this and that part.
1: So they get the parts.
3: Yeah, and they, they go and get the parts until the hardest one is to get a, uh, a motor for the boat. And so Ellis actually has to steal that from uh, from a junkyard and his parents actually come down on him because it belongs to someone. And they catch him stealing it, and uh, you know the other character that we learn about is Tom Blankenship, who is this very taciturn, kind of old uh, hermit character who lives across the river from Ellis. Uh, Doesn't, you know, they've never talked to him. We find out that he's actually kind of a surrogate father figure to Mud, that's known him for years. Oh yes, indeed. Uh, (laughs) Yes, and so uh, Mud says, you know, there are certain things you boys can't get for me. I need you to go to this guy and say I need help. And when they initially do that, the Tom Blankenship character is like, "No, like and shame on you, Mud, for getting these boys involved in criminal activity. You know, I'm, I'm not going to help you." And so for them, they have to go on and get in, getting the other parts that they need. Uh, and so we learn that there are bounty hunters of the guy, the father of the man that Mud killed, has put out a hit on Mud. And so yeah, and the cops are looking. Yeah.
1: Everybody's looking for him. Everybody's trying to kill him. Yeah. So they steal the motor, and then...
3: And then, eventually, you know, we have a couple scenes where Alice meets the uh, the character of... Oh, God. Juniper. Juniper muds the love who's actually in town staying in a motel. And, you know, we've come to find out that their relationship may not be so perfect, that Juniper kind of is flighty. We see when she's supposed to come meet with mud instead she goes out to a bar with another man and they're kissing and flirting and what eventually comes to pass is that when uh, mud hears of this he gives alice another note to give to juniper and so he goes gives the m- note to juniper in her hotel room and basically juniper just breaks down crying and what we learn is that mud actually
1: initiates yeah, this up. breakup so then after that uh yeah, then after that, uh, Ellis, Ellis, s- Ellis is, sees this girl that he's been seeing, right?
3: Oh, well, yeah. At least throughout this, uh, we have we have Ellis kind of having his own little courtship with a girl a few years older than him.
1: Yeah, but she's older than him, so she calls it puppy love. And then he yeah. sees her with another dude, like punches the dude in the face, and she's like, What? You're just a kid. You're not my boyfriend. Blah, blah, blah. He punches two dudes in the face. Yeah. The first time it mm-hmm. seems to
3: work out for him, the second time. Right, the first time so he's much.
1: rescuing her because because the dude's being all harassing at her.
3: Yeah, and, you know, I think he punches a smaller
1: dude. <laughs> um, well, not smaller than him.
3: No, no. But, uh, you know, the second guy he punches might be a little bigger.
1: Right, and then so after that, he kind of loses his faith in love and immediately goes back to mud and is just like, you fucking, all this shit, and blah, what, uh, blah, blah. What sets it off immediately is the interaction. Well, yeah, I guess, yeah,
3: we do have that scene in between. But it's really the Witherspoon thing because Ellis is, this is a boy's own kind of adventure thing. And so Ellis believes in the men in his life.
1: Right. He gets all pissed off. Because he's just like, you made me believe. It's like, yeah, you're then, the one trying, trying to I, stand up for love. I saw you fucking t- take it off. And then I also, like, experienced my own little thing. And he just throws that all at, at uh, Makana, huh? Yeah. Otherwise known as Mud. Who's just, like, putting his arms up. <laughs> like, ah, I'm not going to hit this kid. Yeah, no, he's- <laughs> Who's punching me in the face. And then uh, Ellis gets uh, bit by a water snake, right? Yeah. He, so Ellis says, you know, mud you, you lied himself. about ever loving her, and right.
3: you made me into a thief. Storms off and ends up uh, falling into this kind of creek hole full of uh, full of cotton snakes.
1: So mud drives him to the hospital's own peril. Becomes recognized, uh, sees him. Obviously, Ellis is now linked with mud. Um, after that, mud and neckbone. Uh, Ellis's friend get the boat into the water. Yep. Then. Uh, Mud goes to say like, "Thank you. I got the boat in the water, and everything is cool." And I didn't leave without saying goodbye. And then they have this moment. But at that point, of course, they have uh, tracked Mud to the home of Ellis. There's a big shootout occurs. Occurs, and uh, Mud is uh, wounded as he jumps into the water. And then uh, Tom helps him out and gets him out on the boat at a later time. And then at the same time, uh, all the men get shot by either Mud or Tom. All the hitmen. And uh then the divorce happens and then they have to move uh, out into the country, the riverboat gets torn up and uh Mud makes it out though.
3: Yeah, and he has kind of a reconciliation with his father and you know, it, it seems like, you know, as bad as divorce is, it's all gonna be okay. Uh even though Ellis doesn't know if Mud is dead or alive, then the movie allows us to see Mud with Tom driving him as Mud kind of hides out in the lower cabin. Hey hey
1: bored Grandy, are you uh you got anything to say too or? Well, here. And then this is, this <laughs> no, is the, the very your end. synopsis is going the, well. The, the, yeah, and yeah. so
3: the very last thing we see... It has refreshed your memory. ...is Tom <laughs> Tom says, hey, Mud, come out here. You have to see this. And so he brings him out onto the boat. And I remember, Rob, you saying, this is interesting. And you're like, oh, it's, is are we going to see her? Because, right. like, so for so much of we the don't movie... See, we
1: don't see shit. We just see him staring off in the distance going... No, like, no, we do yeah. see shit. Oh, we do? What, yeah. We, what do and we and what
3: we see is the, the mouth, the opening from the river into the Gulf of Mexico... So mud makes it. He escapes. He makes it to freedom. He makes it to the Gulf of Mexico. All right.
1: Well, we saw that, but we saw that be the last shot we have is mud looking at w- something. We assume it's that, but he could be looking at anything.
3: No, no. It's yeah. It's him looking at, at the Gulf and
1: smiling, just like
0: yeah.
1: All right. We'll all, get into right that. all right. All uh, right. Anyway, let's do a. Uh, hey,
0: hey, hey! like it.
1: Who's first? Brady. I'm on first. Yes. Okay
3: um how do i like it i like this movie a lot uh i'll start off with my letter grid i give it an a minus i think that uh just as a story on its own i find it you know very rewatchable it's phenomenally acted it's for me mcconaughey's best performance i think
1: yeah those kids were super good and
3: yeah uh Mm. young ty sheridan who we first saw in tree of life is a major talent keep your eye on him uh yeah because he's going to be big And yeah, just uh, great smaller actors. Like, I don't know his name, but the father is the guy who played the priest in Deadwood. And uh, Sarah Paulson, who was last seen in 12 Years a Slave, also does, you know, strong work as the mother. Yeah, so it's a well-acted movie with a strong sense of Southern place. And, uh, you know, a very sweet but also mature and honest film about, about coming of age and coming to see love for what it is, not what we think of it as children. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's just a strong character-driven story with a very strong theme in my mind at heart, which I'll get to in uh, What's It All About. But, yeah, it's a beautiful, lyrical, well-acted little picture.
1: Brandy, what's up with you and your feelings on this film?
4: Uh, I gave it a solid A. I, I thought that it flowed really well uh, and that all the acting was, was quite good. And, and for a two-and-a-half-hour-long movie... Um, it didn't seem like it was, like, long-winded at all. Yeah, it was very it, well paced. It, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's solid A. Solid A from Grandy.
1: Me, I give it my solid B+, which is a great grade for me. Oh, that B+. Is, I, yeah. I, it's almost a B-Planus, actually. Upon watching. It's a B-Planus. I'm poncho watching. I'm poncho watching. I'm poncho, <laughs> poncho watching. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, upon watching it a second time, because... Um, You know, I noticed all these things like the scene of him sneaking out at the beginning mirrors the scene of Mud trying to get out at the end. Um, The foreshadowing of the water snake's neck bones. Like, it was basically just a very well planned out and paced movie. And it had all these things in it that kind of lead to its ominous. It's weird because it's like uh, it's like almost like *Summer of the Monkeys* or something like that. Like we met this guy once. There was a boat in a tree. He, we helped him get him out by by stealing it. We got through level one through fifteen, stealing all the parts that we need, and blah blah blah. But I mean, like there's also this like background ominousness. Uh, the water itself seems to act like this kind of character that could either take life or give life, depending on what it is. And I I just really like. And and you've also got all these male characters and female characters at some point. Well, females in this actually just tend to play uh, that chick who you're trying to rescue or that chick who's nice to you or something like that. But um, all the male characters, this shades of male characters uh, in their stages of boys to men, you know, are are they... Sometimes the father's a little petulant child, sometimes Mud is, sometimes the kid is a man, sometimes not, sometimes it's, you know, it's this weird, nice spectrum. So... Yeah, I'll give it an A minus. Right on. I had to talk yeah. myself into it. <laughs>
2: <Nice>. <laughs> Evolution. So anyway, uh, should we do a game and then do what's yeah, it all let's, about? Let's or? do a game and we'll come back for what's it all about.
0: Okay. A Metacritical. Rob's never gonna win. A Metacritical brady's the victor again Ooh. so it's time to play Ooh. i'm gonna lose today lose. metacritical yeah it's time Ooh. time to play hi everybody welcome to metacritical the
1: game where brady always kicks my ass in a way that sufficiently lacks class um <laughs> I think this week we're doing all Keanu Reeves movies, so let me pull one of those
2: up. Is that true? Yes.
1: His average movie career score, by the way, is 52. Just just keep that in okay. mind here. So what should we start with? Uh, Matrix? Matrix? All right, we're going to start off with the Matrix here. I'm gonna go ahead and guess. Oh, do you think it's been re-reviewed over time? I don't know. Do you think it m- might not even be in there because Metacritic was started so late?
3: I'm it's sh- a popular enough movie that maybe they'll have some.
1: All right, so but but the reviews that they're getting are probably gonna be from later on, right? I don't know. They don't add new review. They don't like go back in time and pick up old reviews and put it in like Rotten Tomatoes says.
2: Sometimes they do. Oh really? Yeah, though.
3: I think. You see, they I they
2: think my the
1: it. reason I lose this thing is because I don't understand how this site works. Can you explain real quick how it works?
3: Yeah, I mean it's it's mostly just like kind of school grades, you know, like a ninety percent would be an A minus. So if something got an A minus, it would probably get ninety. But a points. lot of
1: critics don't rate on a hundred point scale.
3: Yes, and and so it falls uh, from time to time to the Metacritic folks to glean what the score would have been. Like, New York Times so doesn't... So
1: if there's a five-star score and they give it four stars, is that an 80? Uh, Yeah, four out of five would be about an 80, yeah. About an... But they'll, yeah, they'll tweak be. it up and down a little bit? Yeah, there's a little bit of Damn. discretion. I don't know how I like that. Um. Okay, well, that, that makes it... Okay, so I should aim more along the 20% margins than because five-star five scores are, are pretty... And then also along the 10% margins because 9 out of 10, 8 out of 10, or whatever is pretty common as well. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, okay. Well, that makes it a lot easier to think about as opposed to going like 73.927 right. just because <laughs> I thought so. Okay. So, we're going to the matrix here. Hopefully,
2: it'll come up. Uh, you go first. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to go 77. All right. I'm going to go with a flat 80.
1: Because I think it's higher than you think it is, and uh, loser gets to go second.
2: Saying so you know. seventy-three. Huh. yeah, I had a feeling that maybe it was undervalued. That's weird because at at the time,
1: what'd you what'd you vote? Seventy-seven. Oh yeah, because at the time when it came out, everybody was like, "Dude, eighty-eight, like you know, be playing as material."
3: Yeah, but but the critics have had to catch up to it more over time like that it's better it's doing better over the long haul than even initially thought
1: huh well i mean like i think the first matrix if you take it as a standalone thing is a good movie oh you yeah, know it's a very it, good it's movie it's very strong i actually i think 73 is a little a little weak for that actually
2: you know it, it holds up real nice uh so let's go with the uh, devil's advocate okay yeah. right, which i haven't seen
1: uh, neither have i uh, you did better than me on the last score, so you get to go first. Okay, I'm it's like golf. I get to I yeah, get to, like look at your shot and go. <laughs> mm. All right, Devil's Advocate. I'll go a fifty. You're gonna go fifty? I think sixty-two sounds about right for me because I think people rather liked this. I guess uh, people I rather know. liked it, but critics didn't. Let's find oh, out. Well, I'll go sixty-two anyway.
2: Sixty. Oh wow, you gained on that. Rob gained on that. Cool. I'm gonna be down nine right now. All right,
1: y- you get to pick a movie now. Okay, Keanu Reeves, let's Keanu Reeves. see. Keanu Reeves. Point Break.
3: That's <laughs> so far back, I don't even know. But if it, it would but show it's so up. popular. Yeah yeah uh, nah, no they probably won't have it. Not that one. Let's see. What's Keanu been in lately?
1: Uh, wasn't he in
2: uh? in,
1: like Ronan.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. but we've done that one. I know the score of that one. Oh, I don't remember. <laughs> it it ended
3: up being 47. Very Oh, coincidentally. right.
1: Yeah. Very very uh fittingly.
3: Okay, let's see. Keanu Reeves. Let's go mm. with
1: speed. Yeah, let's go with speed. All right. Uh speed. Okay, I'm going to go ahead. You know, Speed was actually one of those things that came out around the same time as Blue Chips. Uh, which very much had the same kind of feel and, I think, rating and consideration as well, right? I so don't know. So, I think, I think Speed probably ranked pretty well. Um, do they tend to rank action movies lower on this site just because the action movie genre is too hokey? Or do they tend to go, it's an action movie, it's supposed to be this, I will rank it according to a genre? Uh,
3: I mean, I think...
1: I don't think metacritic tries too hard. They, in they don't that tie way. into a uh, genre at all. They just yeah, no, they just rank the film as to how it was put together, to editing, read. acting. Yeah, do they, they, do they care that much about acting?
3: Well, I mean, it's it's just all the national critics really. So, it's you know, it falls to kind right, of
1: Right, but we're talking about Speed from 1994 right now, right? Yes. So uh, <laughs> like ebert roper are they in there because they probably gave it two thumbs up which would count as a yeah i think in there because it's two thumbs oh but out no. of two
3: hey but with ebert forget his show because he he's chicago Suntime. so he actually right. has a star system
1: okay so he probably i think he gave it a four or something like that yeah so, you're right So it would be around 80 and uh, no if, four if, out of four Oh, four out of four. Yeah. So it'd be a hundred as far as Ebert. Ebert goes. So th- then they would average that with all the people who gave it whatever else. Yeah, whatever God, else. This is weird. I don't understand how to like kind of quantify this. Um, um, I'm gonna go with a good seventy-six then. That's a pretty probably a pretty good guess.
3: Good guess. I'll go. I guess I'll go seventy.
1: Brady goes seventy, trying to undercut for the low score. Speed, or as it's pronounced in France, speed. It's actually not on here. It's not on there? Nope. Not on there, wow. Need for Speed comes up a bunch. Which actually has a higher rating than anywhere else. Oh, wait. That's Need for Speed Rivals. I think that's a video game. Uh, Need for Speed actually comes in at 39. Mm. (laughs) Poor Aaron Paul.
3: Maybe if we just filter by movies, we'll see it. Nope.
1: Well, shoot. Oh, never mind. It did show up eventually. 78. All right,
2: wow. doing pretty well here.
1: I
3: know. Oh, shoot.
2: oh shit. Okay, I gotta think. What Keanu Reeves... What have you been in lately, you bastard? Keanu Reeves! Wasn't he in... No, that was Tom Cruise. Um, what do you think I was going to say? I, I have no
1: idea. The last Samurai, that's what I was going to say. uh, uh What has Keanu Reeves been in lately? Should well, I can't pull it up on IMDb because that'll show me the Metacritic scores, won't it?
3: Yeah, probably.
1: Hmm. Could pull out on Rotten Tomatoes. You
2: can't think of any Keanu Reeves movies that would be... I'm trying
1: to think of newer ones. We got two more. We got two more. Yeah, I want (laughs) to... Wasn't Keanu Reeves just in a movie? Other than the 47 Ronin?
3: Okay, I'll I'll go old on this.
1: I'll say uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Okay, they might have that. Bram Stoker's Dracula. You know, I think at the time it was pretty... Good, but uh, I'm guessing that over time it's sunk to the 60s. So I'm going to go with like a 62 on that.
3: Okay, 62. I guess I'll go
1: high. Because, yeah.
3: No, I'm not going to go high. I'm
2: going to go 50. Ooh, 50, eh? All right. Watch, they probably don't have it.
1: Like stoking the fire of my winning against
2: Brady.
3: Stofers. Bram
2: Stofer's lasagna. <laughs> that would be... This
1: is, this is the Coppola one, right?
2: Coppola, yeah. Yeah, okay, it's uh 54. Okay.
1: Oh, wait, I'm sorry, 57. 57? Oh, no, you gained on that, too.
2: Bitch. Last one. All right, you gotta pick it. Oh, I gotta pick it. What What's he been in lately? That's what I'm trying to remember, and I can't remember. Maybe because he hasn't been.
0: Whoa.
1: Hey, Brady, say some disparaging things about Keanu Reeves. Um, he's a very pretty man. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> That's not disparaging.
3: He, he's such a nice guy. I can't. What could can I say negative about okay. that man?
1: I got him pulled up. I don't have any scores in front of me. Uh... Looks like he was in 47 Ronin, Man of Tai Chi, Easy to Assemble, Henry's Crime. Can you close the door, please? Um, Street Kings, uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still? There's a remake of that? Anyway, I'm going to go with Constantine from 2005. How's that? How's that? that? That's good. That's like that 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 that.
2: comics movie where he's... Was it a comic book movie? I think it's originally a graphic novel or comic book based. All right. Uh I think I've seen it actually. It's like uh where he's got to get the
1: girl with him and then like rescue the world against somebody who's trying to collide the dimensions and d- make an singularity out of multiple timelines or
3: That sounds right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I guess I just pulled that out of my ass, but it probably was about 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 right. Okay, so I think this is a bad movie, and since I've been winning, I have to go first, right? I'm going to go with 42. 42.
3: 42. Okay. Think, I think you're right that it's a bad movie. I feel like my only chance is to slide in. Oh, you
2: know it is. I'm going to say it's a 30. <laughs> 30. Okay, Brady says 30. I say 42. Let's see what happens. 50. 50, okay.
1: That puts me at uh, 8. So,
2: my total score is 24. Nice, you win. I'm uh, 49. Bitch! Play that song! <laughs> I'm Metacritical.
0: In your face, Brady! That was a fun game. Uh, let's uh, go ahead
1: and do what's in our mouth.
3: All right, who's kicking us off?
4: Uh, Grandy? i think it was all about uh, the coming of age of uh those two kids uh whatever their names uh, are neckbone and ellis
1: yeah ellis being the dark brown haired one and neckbone being the uh, buzz haired guy
3: yeah i mean ellis is our lead character yes yes in spite of the name mud uh it's all it's ellis's story
1: yeah so you think it was about a coming of age of them why
4: uh, it, Well, definitely a coming-of-age story, uh, and kind of them seeing uh, the different ways that love are, because uh, with his divorced parents, and then Mud, and the relationship that he had with uh, whatever her name was. Reese Witherspoon. And, uh, yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Juniper. Juniper, that's what it is. And, uh, and just the whole dynamic of that. It was him figuring out what love was or or wasn't. And I kind of think the whole movie was just about that. With some undertones as well, but I think that was definitely the main thing it was shooting for. Mm,
2: Rob, you, you or I? Well, I think that was an
1: excellent description. Uh, I think I'll go next. Uh, i was saying, uh...
2: Hey,
1: hey, 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said, "Hey, what's going on?" Beautifully uh, said. Yeah, what's going on? What's going on with this movie? <laughs> um, no, this movie is uh, mainly kind of, like I said in my uh, how did I like it and why I liked it. Is it's about this spectrum of these these different characters and how they can uh, you know say uh, say a true man is white. And, like, a boy is black, then there's this gray gradation and all these different shades of uh, gray, uh, from white to gray to black, in between. And we get all these male characters who have this, uh, notably, of course, Ellis, who uh, is very much a man despite his perceived boyhood from our visual appearance. Um, He's kind of in his idyllicness, um, and even in the destruction of said idyllicness, he acts, you know, basically... In, in a very, how, how would you say it, like a stoic sort of...
3: Oh, yeah, he has kind of this old soul demeanor yeah, about this,
1: him. Yeah, this like chivalrous thing, and, he, and he's also like, you're wrong, like he's willing to stand up and say you're wrong, like he's willing to speak his mind and like be a certain way, he doesn't ever make excuses for like why he's late with his dad, He doesn't um he doesn't make excuses for himself about stealing the motor, he just says I'll pay for it, I'll do whatever I have, I can't get it back. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Right. Right. Um, and then like uh, then there's Mud, who's very much a boy, even though he has this perceived manhood. Uh, there's Ellis. Um, I mean, it's not not Ellis. Ellis, father, senior, who, uh, you know, in some ways is a, a man because he's the father and he's got this supposed to have this iron control over his son. But he doesn't really and he doesn't really have control over his life and his or his wife or anything like that. Not, I mean, not that he should. But you know what I mean? Uh, he he kind of acts like he does and just is dismissive of her and acts like it's all her fault for these various things. There's uh, there's also the character of Neckbone, who's raised kind of by an, uh, a younger sort of uncle who's off banging chicks a lot, blah, blah, blah. There's that guy who's kind of, uh, you know, the lost uncle, which is like, hey, I'm going to play some Zeppelin on my guitar. and You want to listen? Yeah, my uh, buddy's
2: going to come jam.
1: Yeah, yeah <laughs> it's going to be cool. I'm going to plug it in later. You know, after I do a little practice, <laughs> he's playing, and that's played by um, what's his name from Boardwalk Empire, uh, Michael Shannon. Yeah, Michael Shannon. Who's he's a, who's a, a great regular
3: actor. collaborator with this director?
1: Oh, right on. And then <laughs> there's also um, you know, just this idea of the river uh, giving life, or women and like the pursuit thereof, giving life or giving intention and direction to life. And then there's the idea of of the river giving life or taking life away this kind of aimless journey because you know like women especially through the the view of mud of his juniper that he's trying to get to you know he's trying to get her onto the boat get the boat in the water and sail down the river to the freedom of the ocean right and so very much women uh, are tied into that sort of feeling of nurturement like he fell into the river when he was a kid got bit by a snake and the first thing he woke up and saw was juniper who saved him and uh, that's kind of the root of his wanting to be with Juniper. And um, for Ellis, he falls in the river, gets bit by a snake, and wakes up uh, with his his, um, his mom in front of him. So I'm not quite sure what that's saying, because it's really hard to make a very tightly tied analogy to it. But there, there's obviously got to be something there. Uh, maybe in in that moment, him and uh, his parents were both very united and concerned for him. So that might be the, yeah. the kind of nurturing that he's looking for in a way, you know? I
3: mean, yeah, like, I, I don't want to read too much into it, but on one hand, it is very much a story about, you know, as good a man, you know, Mudd even says it like, Ellis, you're a good man, and I, I agree, like, for all his failings, Ellis is portrayed as a very, a man with, a kid with very strong moral character, mm-hmm. but it's also very much about Ellis's naivete, and so, yeah, it's about him waking up to seeing women more as real people rather than as these, you know, he's got, simplified views of women all throughout the movie he trusts what his dad says about his mom that she's all to blame for this divorce all a one-sided thing he's got a simple view of how his relationship with his girlfriend should be and he's got a simplified view of how mud and juniper should be
1: yeah and also if you take the three main characters mud and neckbone and ellis it's very much what grandy said which is a coming of age story but i view it as getting the boat out of the uh tree house which is very much a you know, fairy tale boys' thing like like the Lost Boys, Peter Pan. I'm never gonna grow up. Uh, Mud living in a tree, uh, trying to get that into the waters is as much about Mud's uh, journey from boyhood to manhood as it is Neckbone and Ellis's and the realization that they get out of the world.
3: Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, these are all good points. Okay, so I, I mean, I'll echo what both of you guys say. I think you know all that stuff about. I like what Rob said about the gradations of manhood. Uh, but if I have to choose a one thing, I think I'm with Grandy in that the main through line of this entire thing is kind of taking, on the one hand, this idea of fairy tale and very much southern fairy tale with the river. So we hear mm. McConaughey talking a lot. He talks a lot in superstition. First thing, before we even see him. I don't traffic him,
1: much in truth, but.
3: <laughs> yeah, he doesn't traffic much in truth. And the first thing we see of him, pretty much, before we even see the character himself. I don't
1: traffic in truth very often. I think that's what
3: it was. <laughs> yeah. It, one of the first things we see are these boot marks with uh, crosses in them, and they have nails in them. And from the very start, Mud has a story, a superstition for everything.
1: Wait, I missed that. I don't I don't remember seeing the boot marks. When,
3: uh, after they see that someone's in the tree, they go out to the beach, and they're like, wait, there are footprints here, and they've got little crosses in them. And so they see McConaughey, and they're like, "Wait, why? Why do you have crosses in your shoes?" You're like, well, they're they actually made of nails, and like they ward off bad luck.
1: Oh, oh, oh! It's something that he put in his shoe, and yeah. they can see it in the print. It's yeah, not like he, he made a walking path and then like sidled up next to his own footsteps and carved little crosses in his footprints. No, yeah, they okay.
3: they see the markings of the uh, makeshift crosses in his boots, and from the very first second that they talk to him, he's just full of stories and superstitions about, you know, how a bonfire will ward off bad luck. He, he goes through that whole thing like, yeah, like there's bad luck, there's best luck, like there's this, there's that. He's just so, it's rooted in this idea of storytelling, of Southern stories. Well, that
1: and his unwillingness to take responsibility for himself because he's still a boy.
3: Yeah, even though I will add to that, though, I think that Mud also knows more than he lets on. I mean, he's he gets to be the hero because he's talking to these kids. I think Mud has ideas about how this relationship might be on the skids The Ellis is not willing to entertain until it's staring him in the face. And Mud's perfectly willing to use that. This is why Ellis gets pissed. He's willing to use that to get Ellis to help him get the boat in the water. Like, yeah, sure yeah, all about the girl. Like, <laughs> just please help me, help me escape the law.
1: Yeah, hence the you use me, you blah blah blah. Like, yeah, and that's true. Uh, yeah, and and Mud as much as admits it, he just puts his hands up and goes,
4: had Mud been living on the island since he had murdered the guy in Texas? Pretty
1: much. He made his he way made to
4: town, way and then he, he hid on the island.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
3: so uh. here's the thing. I think it's about, on the one hand, this idea of fairy tale, and that's the world we get. And I think Jeff Nichols, the director, doesn't Especially, there's a job. boat and a fucking tree. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. The, the Peter Pan thing is right on, Rob. Yeah. Um, and so, on the one hand, it's about this fairy tale thing that's all laced throughout the movie. And on the other hand, the very real reality... Real reality... Of the divorce. That's
1: redundant, man. Don't what, do that. That's redundant.
3: It's What it's really about is Ellis hears his parents are going to no, get... seriously, it's redundant.
1: <laughs> All right, go ahead. Sorry. Okay.
3: Um, Ellis hears his parents are going to get divorced, which is not only going to mean they're splitting up, but you know, the death of this lifestyle, the death of their river idol. And he plunges himself into this fairy tale that mud represents, thinking, you know, if I can only get these two people to reunite, Maybe, maybe this will make things better. Maybe this will patch together an idea of love that's already been broken the second he hears what's going on with his parents. And so the movie's about his gradual awakening that love's not like a fairy tale, that, you know, there's reality to love. And what I like about that ending shot is, to me, it kind of calls to mind this idea of riding into the sunset. You know, he's sailing toward the horizon to the gulf and freedom. And normally you think of this, riding into the sunset, and you get the girl. You're riding with the girl. And to me, it's kind of this compromise of yeah, like... I think
1: lots of lonely cowboys just running the sunset on their own.
3: That's true. But in this case, it's like the fairy tale was to have Juniper and Mud together sailing for the gulf. And I think what I like about that thing of him smiling and looking at the horizon is it, it's an acknowledgement that this compromise is okay. That love does still exist.
1: Right. And that his father, actually, who had his best interest at heart the whole time, was helping setting him free, too. Right. His father being a true man, like yeah. very much the, the darkest. Or did I say white was true man or black was true man? Whatever, that spectrum.
3: Yeah, it, you know, it's it's realizing what I like about the movie is that it's tearing apart cliched, kind of overly idealistic notions of love and building up something more mature and rational that still allows romance. It's It's still a romantic movie, even as it tears the naive romance of young love apart. Uh, and it you know, I think it's very in that way I'd show it to any kid who was going through a divorce. It's a very generous perspective on love is complicated and real, but that's okay. You're gonna be okay. And you know, Mud will make it to the horizon. He won't have the girl with him, but he's gonna make it. And isn't that good enough? Like isn't it enough that we live and we learn? (laughs) Man, I I, I don't know.
1: (laughs) Bloody astronaut. Um uh, yeah, I think that's good. Uh Grandy you got anything to talk about?
4: Uh, uh nothing in particular. I mean, I, I thought the whole movie flowed really well. Uh the 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 fight scene at the end, uh I thought that was one of the better ones I've seen in a long minute. Definitely. Uh, it was super realistic. Um and uh that shit must have taken like Probably a two, three days to shoot just that.
1: Huh. Don't you think? Because, like, you know, they have all these shots where, like, they blow a hole in the wall and then they have to, like, they're going to have to set up a camera with the whole shot and get that shot. And then they're going to have to, like, go on to the next bit of action and they're going to have to get the shot with the new hole. And so, like, all that's got to be done sequentially. But each, like, element is going to have to be moved, including the lighting elements and the blah, 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 to, to make it all
4: right. Yeah, I don't, I don't know much about actually filming film. Oh, to, uh, I imagine you know that that had to take to... a
1: while. I imagine that that whole sequence is probably the bulk of the budget for this movie. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because the rest of it's all you know. You you got to get a, a a mount to follow the guy when he's riding him with the kid on his lap on the motorcycle, and you know, just driving a boat down a river. There's some helicopter shots was probably uh, a bit of budget. But other than that, I think that ending thing was probably a shit ton of budget. Because, you know, there's a whole explosion and him jumping in the water, getting shot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking must have taken a while. I wish I could do that half as good when I make my films.
3: Ooh, I'll, I'll say a quick thing. I mean, I don't know if this is really meat that can be gotten into at any length. But what you were saying about, you know. I'll stab it. About kind of this... stabbed at me, <laughs> Kind of this uh, <laughs> frail boyhood beneath men. I really like how in that uh, confrontation scene where Ellis' parents... Ellis's parents basically confront him about stealing the boat Stealing motor, the motor, yeah. And it quickly ends up that the father's turning on the mother, trying to draw a parallel that, like, you're stealing my life from me. You're going to make it so I can't live on this boat, like... He's taking orders from you. Like, he's just feeding off what you're giving him.
2: Which
1: even though is more immature than what Ellis is doing, going like, yeah, I took it. I, I, I can pay him. I can't give it back. I can't, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and in a lesser mm-hmm.
3: movie, we would have just had, you know, the routine. The mother would have responded with a slap. But even better, she, she just hits his hat off his head. Yeah. She just kind of... She, Senior! She, evis- you know, not eviscerates. She uh,
1: kind of... Uh, emasculates him. Emasculates him. Yeah, because the hat is... That that's kind of like his power too, you know. Yeah. When he doesn't have his hat on, he's kind of. Yeah. There's no, something I about men and hats and power, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah, no. That's I,
1: why I always wear one because I got a bald spot. And I want to hide it. Gives you your great power. Oh wait, I mean, sorry. All these people don't know me and they never see me, so I don't have a bald spot. I have a lush, thick, red curls. All you women should fantasize about me. They protect. I'm him sure in we we've got tons of women listeners.
4: I probably wouldn't mention the redhead in this part. Oh sorry. I look
1: like Matthew McConaughey but without fucked up teeth. Ooh. I mean he he had fucked up teeth in this movie. But that was just probably some dental prosthetics.
0: Okay, uh let's take a break and then go do our uh our understudy and yeah. uh come back with the uh <laughs> Final thoughts after There's that. Final thoughts maybe. We're so sorry we couldn't get the actors to do the scene from this screenplay, but we've got two understudies. And to be honest, they're probably more famous anyway. So try to guess the actors, try to guess the movies. Tweet us at C A R N Y Couch. This game called understudy is happening. Happening, happening right now.
2: Oh, you better make a move, kid. He thinks you're trying to screw him. (laughs) Wouldn't bother me. Yeah, big man, get yourself into more trouble. You make a fool out of here. You're doing the same to me. I I signed for you. Don't forget. (laughs) Don't worry. I can handle it. You couldn't handle shit. I mean, you better come through with some kind of... Payment on Tuesday. Anything, understand? Hold on to your paycheck this week. <laughs> oh, there won't be any this week. What do you mean? Oh, I didn't show up. You you stick or what? You forget what we had to do on <laughs> a truck, stupid? Oh, I don't like loading crates. You're not supposed to like it. What gets me is your attitude. To listen, tomorrow you show up. Oh, hey, wh- what about your attitude? Where's your job, huh? You talk and talk and I go to work. What do you do? I tell you what I do. I didn't know anybody 2,000 clams plus interest. Stupid. Show up and I break both your arms. We understand each other. Okay, okay. (laughs) Take it easy. (laughs) I'll show. Tuesday I'll give Michael something. I promise. Don't promise. Just deliver. Okay, okay. Now that's over with. What are you going to make me for breakfast? I won't wait until Tuesday. I'll break your arms right now. Oh, listen. listen I'm, I'm a guest here. Okay, okay. I'm going. Hey, you got nothing here. I could have told you that. Uh, we'll get some food for my aunts. I'll get through the fire escape. She always got something. Don't do that. You'll scare Teresa if you try to sneak in. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Maybe she'll have a seizure and we can watch. That's not funny. You gotta be a jerk off all your life. Grow up, you. You want something to eat from your aunt's house, you, you just you just go knock on the door. Understand? Oh, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm going to bed. That was
0: undecided. Tweet us your answer at c a r n y couch. Welcome back. Yes, indeedy.
1: So this is uh what this is uh this is our, our wrap up round three, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. Just uh, some last closing thoughts.
1: Yeah, you got any particular scenes you guys want to talk about? Or,
0: you know? Hmm,
1: let me think here. Okay, well, I hadn't mentioned it yet, but I wanted to talk about the uh, the scene where they're looking for the girl. They haven't found her yet, but they think that she's staying in this hotel. So they take the cooler full of fish, um, like uh, that Ellis sells with his father. And um, they go um, there with a cooler full of fish, and they're just going door to door, just knocking on doors, and, and they find the girl, and uh,
0: I forget if the guy comes in afterwards
4: or he was already, he's there.
1: already there. He's already there, right? And then uh, he hits he hits Juniper, and uh, Ellis, being the knight and shining iron kind of guy that he's trying to be. Just immediately goes and punches him. There's a lot of scenes in this where, where Ellis just goes and punches somebody in the face. And you never quite gets anybody going like, you shouldn't punch people in the face. Um,
3: well, he does the second time he does it to his, uh, you know, his the object of his affection. Like the first time, she almost is like, a oh, cool. Like, wow, so who are you? And like, the second time is kind of a correction to that. Just like, um, dude. You can't just punch people in the face and then get away with it. Like, what are you thinking? Life doesn't work in such black and white terms that you can just knight and shining armor your way uh, out of every problem.
1: Absolutely. Um, so he does get that, but so he goes and punches the guy in the face, and the guy, I think, punches him back. Is that what happened? Uh, yeah. And he gets a black eye, mm-hmm. which is mentioned by everybody else quite a bit. Uh, yeah. And in, in fact, when he's on the date with the girl, she goes, "Like, you like to fight, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at any rate, um he does that and then they say like, No, we don't know her blah blah, blah blah and uh and Juniper basically treats him maybe much like she treated Mud when Mud tries to save her all the time. Etc. And goes like, You you good boys Like blah blah blah. Sorry I'm always beat down upon. Um, but what was I saying outside off off mic? I was saying something about um the dichotomy between like the fairy tale and gosh, fuck I can't remember what it was. Do you? Like uh, you well oh I yeah, that's a good point. But I always viewed it as. No, you don't remember.
3: Oh, hold on, I'm trying to remember. I mean, I know Grandy made a good point that uh, you know, there's a lot of obviously you know movie about the South and involving a river and uh, <laughs> and outlaws and all that. You have to think of Tom Sawyer and Huck Finn. Uh, when you think of this kind oh, right. story.
1: But my point was actually that um, n- there's that scene where Neckbone's uncle, who raises him, is having sex with some girl, and they're listening to, um, not Wouldn't Be Nice, but Help Me Rhonda. Um, basically, that's the doing it song that the Michael Shannon character uses when he's having sex with girls. And anyway, she comes flying out of there like, I'm not into that sort of thing. da 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 and then she looks at Neckbone and goes like you, you treat women like you're a prince like they're a princess blah blah blah. Uh, which kind of leads into the whole fairy tale thing. But I had, I had the, the thought that if every man treated women like they were a princess there would be no need to be a knight in shining armor.
3: Uh, that yeah, was my probably point. yeah.
1: So I mean there's an interesting dichotomy between being a man is like being rescuing women but mostly from men. Um, but if every man was a man instead of these shades of gray between boys and men that there would be no need to be a man
3: yeah I mean like in, in
1: essence the idea of being a man is qualified by the fact that some aren't
3: right yeah the movies are rebuked the idea that of these black and white terms that women are damsels and men are knights anyway i and part of it is like i think we get an evolution in the movie of Ellis is maybe a little baffled by women. Doesn't really get how they work. Very um, much like his dad is baffled by. Yeah, kind of sees them in this other way as,
1: as right. this other. Uh Or something to be acquired. I think one of the first two things said uh, between the neckbone and Ellis is like, uh, "Did you say something about a girl? Yeah, she's a junior. She got big tits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You talked to her yet? No." And then that's the same girl that we see him, like some guys kind of harassing her, grabbing her arm, going like, "Hey, baby, come on, come on." And then he goes up and punches the guy out.
3: And then just uh, prior to the shootout, we get that kind of touching coda to it, which is, Ellis, you know, Mud comes to say goodbye to Ellis, and Ellis says like, "Yeah, you know, like my dad says you can't trust women," and Mud's like, "Well, that's not true. Like this this idea you have of of womankind, like." It's messier than that. Like you see things too simply, and as you grow up, you're gonna you're a good man, so you're gonna see that things are more human and more more
1: gray. And it's the same point in time where he goes like, uh, "You're a good man too, Mud." Like kind of like reflexively, almost. You know, not even. Uh, which is basically just like what dudes say when they they say, "I like you," or when or when somebody gives you a compliment and you don't know how to take it, you just
4: spit it back at them. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, okay. Oh, sorry, Grandy. Go ahead. I, I felt like he meant it when he told Mud he was a good man. I agree. Right.
1: But Mud was like like no, no I'm not. Like, <laughs> no I'm not. <laughs> like I had just used two boys and basically uh and then this is right before they, you know, people almost get killed behind right. Mud's you know, using of other people, so.
3: Well, this uh this leads to the last thing I'd like to talk about, which is just what to me is a phenomenal McConaughey performance. the reason I like mud is that just as the movie itself, is kind of about this journey from fairy tale into real life. Mud kind of has one foot in a boy's view of what a man is, but I like that McConaughey kind of suggests like the man behind it, like that he is a little shady. He's not just this hero character. And yet at the same time, the way it's played, he is lovable. And like,
1: you kind of love this
3: character, even though he's complete bad news. Uh,
1: yeah, well, he's bad news. I, I mean, yeah, there's definitely like a sort of defense of mud. Like, he's he's not a bad man. He's not trying to do anyone ill will. He's not like the people who are after him, right? He's, no, no. He's he's at at worst a misguided man. Yeah, he's just a misguided yeah. man, right? Like who you know, he just believes that he can somehow manifest control over the universe uh, through his superstitions or through his fantasies, as opposed to through his own actions. Right Like everything that he does Is be- is through someone else Or through You know The bonfire will wi- Yeah alright alright The bonfire Will wield off Evil spirits The, the crosses in my shoes Will keep me protected You know That sort of thing You know just just time is a flat circle and it's tattooed on someone's back and it just shines like a spinning coin in the sun sunset of your mind as, as the stars swirl about and a spiral, that spiral, that flat circle.
0: Yeah, that's how it goes.
1: N- not nothing you, me, or anybody else could do could ever be anything that's that's done by by one of us or or the other person. Like this book, this book might be full of a lot of words. But it's not done by those words. It's done by the the energy, the the bongos that you're playing on the soul of your heart in the apartment on which you get uh, arrested for weed possession. You know what I'm saying? And then eventually you're in a jail cell, but you're just like, But I was doing something. And it was just something that could be done. And it was done. And then you just go Alright, alright, alright.
0: <laughs> McConnell? McConnell? <Huh? laughs>
1: all right should we move on to next week yeah yeah what are we doing next week well you were suggesting something grandy oh eastwood uh, western d- palm Plain. it's White uh, Dove lonesome dove no uh something
4: lonesome dove
1: lonesome dove yeah
4: it's uh just a really long one though yeah it's a mini-series oh damn yeah, it's like there. It's two hours long, and there's three of them. I don't know if we can branch into that quite yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, although, uh, although, not my best recommendation. Yeah, at <laughs> <the date. laughs>
1: we'll table that for a, a different time. Maybe, maybe we will do a series. I know that we want to do like a couple True Detectives, whatnot. Maybe, possibly, uh, just because there's a lot to be said, especially with Carrie Fukushima's, uh transcendental lens floating through that scene, just. My life is a cycle of uh, degradation and violence as long as I could remember. Um, I would like to do my cousin Vinny.
4: Have Her. you guys seen <sighs> Waking Life? Yes. Yeah, I love Richard Waking life. Letter
1: two thousand one. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's a good fucking movie. That's the quasi animated. Uh, it's a rotoscope, uh, so it was
1: shot in on film and then they drew over the film cells
4: yeah i think that would be interesting movie to podcast about it would be uh <laughs> it might be uh, quite cluttered but uh, my cousin uh, benny waking life be. brady
3: um what am i gonna suggest uh you know just for fun i'll i'll suggest that movie that we tried to watch earlier uh the spirit of the beehive just because you know uh, coming of age movie to coming of age
1: movie oh great another leopard <laughs> no actually. I, 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 I thought that movie was pretty good though. Wow. Uh just very sleepy.
0: Well, very very. Well, very we sing. were
1: very sleepy. And then also uh David Samuel shalin wanted to do uh what I told you what it was. Do you remember what it was, Brady?
3: I actually
1: don't. Well, my phone is off, but after my phone decides it'll be back on, I will look up what David It was a um Swedish Shakespeare adaptation.
3: Oh yeah, it was a version of Macbeth or not? Yes, no? yes. It yeah, was a Macbeth. version of
1: Macbeth. It was his favorite version. So so It was Russian, I think. Oh, maybe it was Russian. McNord. McNork. Uh, uh I I fucking don't know how to do a Russian fake word accent thing.
4: I should because of Alexi.
3: Just,
4: just be loud and <laughs> try to sound angry. That's German. And and Russian. And Russian?
2: Oh, he's fucking, oh, just fucking. Just fucking. am oh, borscht. <laughs> uh,
1: no, David mm. sent it to me. My phone's back on now. I'll have it in a second. But you guys should be saying funny shit to kind of distract from the fact that I'm disorganized. You know, because if you don't, if you don't, if you don't, it'll just be like me. Wandering around on the microphone like a lost child in a treehouse. Very much like Huckleberry Finn or Tom Sawyer. Very much what this movie was about. This sort of thing. This sort of... It's, no, it's David Herrick. That's my boss. That's not right.
0: David. 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 David.
1: Here we go. He wanted to do the film that is an adaptation of uh King Lear. King Lear. It's Russian. It's called Korol Lear. So uh What does Korol mean? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. <laughs> I mean Tuesday. It means Tuesday. It means Tuesday Lear. And Lear <laughs> is spelled differently. But uh, yeah, so well, we got three, three suggestions. Do we have any more? Do we have any more? Do I think that's more? enough. We I, have I, I th- four, right? I, I uh, well, what, what's? Well, I don't think we're counting that one. Oh, okay. Just because uh, things. I, I think my cousin Vinny. What else did I send you? Um. Why do I have so few messages from you? Well, shit. I guess it was a while ago. At any rate. Uh, Go with My Cousin Vinny
3: uh, uh, Waking Life and My Cousin Vinny I'm tremendously fond of both films
1: Yeah I haven't seen uh, My Cousin Vinny Since I was in Germany when I was 12 And it was one of the few English speaking movies they had on tape That would play on the VCR
3: Okay um, Yeah I'm, I'm down with My Cousin Vinny Which
1: one would you be most down to be here with next week Grandy We wanted to have you as a guest again I think he would have more to say about my cousin Benny, actually.
4: Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, waking life is... Convoluted is not the word, but it's... I really do want to do waking pretty, life. It's pretty scattered.
1: But maybe not next week. Okay, well, I think we drugged this out long enough. Uh, anybody got anything to say? Like an ejaculation of uh, words that might be uh, spouted into a microphone to uh, create excitement? So I wore this... Ri-
0: thing for you theme song (laughs) carnivorous couch shit happens once a week it swallows us for two hours when we try to sleep it forces us to watch a film about which we then speak carnivorous couch with Brady and Rob
1: time is a flat circle and it's tattooed on someone's back and it just shines like a spinning coin in the sun sunset of your mind as as the stars swirl about and spiral that
0: spiral that flat circle yeah that's how it goes
1: not nothing you me or anybody else could do could ever be anything that's that's done by by one of us or or the other person like this book this book might be full of a lot of words but it's not done by those words it's done by the the energy, the the bongos that you're playing on the soul, You're hiding the apartment in which you get uh, arrested for weed possession. You know what I'm saying? And then eventually you're in a jail cell, but you're just like, but I was doing something. And it was just something that could be done. And it was
0: done. And then you just go, all right, all right, all right.